0: Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Philippians in chapter number four, Philippians in chapter number four. We're just going to continue right on in our series. And um, as we've been in the book of Philippians for nearly a year now, uh, little interruptions every now and then along the way, uh, not really going that slow, but uh, it's been a good series. I've enjoyed studying the book of Philippians And uh, so we're in chapter number four. And uh, in fact, last week we we considered verses eight and nine. And I prayed earnestly, God, do you want us to go on about being content? Because who doesn't need a message on contentment? You know, all of us would benefit there, no doubt. But I just, I really um, wrestled with it, prayed about it, sought God's leadership in it. And I believe we're supposed to consider verses eight and nine um, and uh, so I'm thankful for the confirmation God gave even in that way. So let's, let's read the verses and we'll, we'll get right to it here tonight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, what does he say to do? Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Let's go ahead and read verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard... And seen in me. And then he says this, what? Do. Okay, so these things that you've heard, you've seen, uh, you've received, then do these things. And, and here's a key part. And in fact, I, as Brother Uchin was preaching, it was evident to me just how God had worked the messages together, and I'm very glad for that. Uh, but look what it says in the latter part of verse number nine. And the God of peace shall be with you. Okay, and the God of peace shall Shall be with you. How many agree? We need the God of peace to be with us in this day and age, and so we need then to practice verse eight and nine. And the God of peace shall be with you. So the title uh, tonight is uh, is this: Filter your thoughts, part two. <laughs> Filter your thoughts, part two. Um, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Last last week, we considered even this. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. Let the mind of the master. We we need to think like Jesus. Let the mind of the master master your mind. How many of you say he's already mastered my mind? I'm pretty well fully sanctified, body, soul, spirit, and mind. (laughs) No, there's not one among us. And so we need part two. Of this message. Filter your thoughts. Think on these things. Um, I went about. Uh, can I? Can I mention this before you're seated? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Such an awkward moment. What are you going to say? No. Nope. <laughs> I, uh, I shared with my wife. I was, you know, I was struggling about do we move on, do we stay in the same verse or not, and I. I I enjoy reading the Scottish Baptist preacher named Alexander McLaren. From years gone by, he was born in 1826, died in 1910. So it's been a while that he was on the earth. And, but he said this, and I'm not going to read all of it to you. I'm just going to read what's pertinent. But it helped me today. And he said this, I'm half afraid that some of you may think, as I have it sometimes thought, that I'm too old to preach to the young. You would probably listen more with attention to one more or less remote from you in years and may be disposed to discount that my advice is quite natural for an old man, quite unnatural for a young man to take. (laughs) I'm in that old man category now. (laughs) You're in that young people category. But he said this, he said, and it just echoed in my heart and I'm saying it tonight to you. The message which I have to bring to you is meant for all ages and for all sorts of people. And if I may adventure a personal word, I proved it when I stood where you stand. And it's fresher and mightier to me today than it ever was. In other words, he says, I tried it when I was young and it worked. And it makes even more sense now. It's basically this. He, he went on to say this just about how you're in that flexible time on your mind. Uh, he, he used the word plastic mind. You, you, we kind of use plastic a little bit differently maybe than they did back then. But what he's saying is that you're at a time when your mind can still be shaped, still be molded. And, and the whole world is before you. You've got dreams, you've got ideas, you've got thoughts, you've got wishes. You've you've got that, and it's natural for that. But then he went on to say, "This you're also in the in the period of time when there are some desires that are very strong that may mar your youthful purity." So, taking all these into account, he said, "I have thought." that I could do no better than to press home upon you the counsels of this magnificent text. And I thought today I can do no better than to press upon you the thoughts of this magnificent text. Filter your thoughts. Part two, think on these things. Think on these things. Preachers are always negative, right? There's a positive side to this. I'm going to preach a positive message tonight. I've got to be negative, though, to do so. Isn't that right? It's all part of it. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Two negatives, one positive. You came on a good night. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. We'll get right to it. <clears throat> if you live in a dirty world, you got to have filters. Isn't that Right? You got a car filter, has oil filter, uh, fuel filter, air filter. Have you changed yours lately? Might think about that. Got to have filters. Uh, I'm just going to tie into where we were last week and keep it going. For things to work right, you got to keep the dirt out. For fuel filter, for engine to work right, you got to fuel filter to keep clean fuel in it and air and so forth. Well, you know, this is uh, one of the filters we have here at the church. And, and so you can, you can see the difference right here. Okay. This one's clean. This one's dirty, obviously. Okay. We got a dirty church, right? No, we live. I mean, your, your home is like this, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like that. And so you got to have a filter to have uh, clean air, and so we we talked about that even even last week, and how that you gotta you gotta keep the dirt out for things to work work right. Brother John Woosley uh, is a member here at Southwest Baptist Church, and he's also an HVAC technician. And he came to me right after the service, and he said, Brother Gaddis, you know I. I work on some, uh, some uh, air conditioning systems, you know, for like Walmart. Actually, just started a job today. If he was able to, to make it in, he hadn't been feeling well. But anyways, at Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby, the warehouse. How many of you work at Hobby Lobby? We've got a few that work at Hobby Lobby. Uh, some of the students. Hobby Lobby has been a, an employer here. The big building at Hobby Lobby's big warehouse, over 10 million square feet. All the buildings, he said, that he's responsible and other HVAC people are responsible to take care of 12 million square feet. I said, Brother John, are you telling me, did you say 12 million? Is that what you're saying? So that's what he said. So I looked it up. I didn't doubt the man, but I I did look it up to make sure. 12 million square feet. That's a lot of air filters, don't you know? But what he came out there and told me, he said, did you know that that actually a lot of these big filtration systems, some homes, but would have a two-stage filtration system? I did not know that, a two-stage filtration system. So it would have what's called, I'm just gonna use this one as in that case, and I don't know how it'd be configured if it'd be like this and then like that. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm speaking things I don't know totally a lot about, but we'll move on to something else here in just a minute. Hang on, just, just, just a moment. But he said this would be like the pre-filter, and then you have the main filter. And the pre-filter is meant to catch some of the larger items and, and, you know, some of the debris that's there. And and thus it screens it early so that then when it gets to the main unit, then it also has that main filter that catches the rest of it. It's a two-stage filtration system. And you know what he said? He said, you know, those that grew up in a Christian home and those that are in a church have a two-stage filtration system in your life. Your parents are like a pre-filter in your life, but you have got to be the main filter. You've got to have a filter on your own heart. I thought, man, brother John, that'll preach. That's good stuff. If you grew up in a Christian home, thank God you've got a pre-filter. You're in church today. You've got a pre-filter. This is good stuff, but you also have to filter your own heart. Another gentleman, uh, uh, Brother uh, Robert Hale, came up to me and, and he said this. He said, uh, Preacher, I've been using that whatsoever things are filter. The whatsoever things are filter. That's really what we worked on last Wednesday night. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good reporting. For the be virtue, for the beauty praise. Think on these things. Whatsoever things, whatsoever things are filter. I like it. But some people use a whatever filter. <laughs> Got some gaping holes. Letting whatever you want to come in your mind. Letting whatever you want to come in. Or letting whoever you want to come in your mind. Hey, wh- what happened to Samson? Can I, oh mercy. This just hit me. Um, this is Samson. Samson. He had a pre-filter. His parents were. And he had a main filter. But Samson said, you know, I don't want all these restrictions on me. I, I want to go down and have a drunken party with the Philistines. And he walked through the, the vineyard. By the way, what's a man under an Azarite vow doing in a, in, a, in a vineyard anyways? He wasn't supposed to touch grapes, eat grapes. So, but there he was. But here's what he did. He cut out some of his filter. And he let the wrong things in. He let the wrong people in. He, read the law. he let the wrong thoughts in. I was, I was cutting into some of this. I didn't know how, if I could cut it or not and, or how easy it would be, but I cut into, into some of this. A man, dust was just flying everywhere on me and hair it obviously wasn't mine. And so anyways, <laughs> hair, was, hair was coming out of this deal. I mean, to tell you, it was just nasty stuff coming out. I had no idea. Even I mean, this is, isn't like really, really dirty. I've seen worse. But even just like this right here, there's a lot of dust right in here. And so if I began, I've got scissors here, but I'm, for the sake of time, I'm not going to start cutting. And it, it would, I mean, it, dust would rise right here. Why? Because we live in a dirty world. And you can't, you can't go through this life, you can't go through this world without a filter. And the filter is, a, is what God wants to give us here in his word to help us about what comes into our minds. Uh, I was speaking with Brother Jett after the service as well, and Brother uh, Jett's family was out there, and I I love Brother Jett right here. He's taught for many, many years at Heartland, Richard Way, Venice, Brother Jett, and he says, you got to take, he's quoting Zig Ziglar, but he said this, you got to take care of your stinking thinking. That'll help you right there. Take care of your stinking thinking. Some of you aren't taking care of your stinking thinking. Some some of you aren't, you don't have a filter. And and some people will say, yeah, I just don't have a filter. And they wear that like a badge of honor. I I read as I was studying about filters and so forth, they said this, it's better to have a dirty filter than no filter at all. But some say, I don't need a filter. I'll just let whatever I want into my life. Take care of your stinking filter. Thinking is, is what Brother Jett quoted Zig Ziglar to say. And, and <laughs> then he said this, I like this, Brother Jet. I'm going to quote you. I don't know if it's original with you, but anyways, I'll give you credit. Here we go. You got to get a checkup from the neck up. You got to get a checkup from the neck up. In other words, what you do, how you feel, is determined by what you think. In other words, you think you do what you do. You feel how you feel because you think what you think. Because you want what you want. Sooner or later, what you've been thinking comes out in your words and your actions. It does. We determined last week, and I'm I'm about to move on into the message here this week. We determined last week, though, because of of the type of world and society that we live in, we need more of a filtration system, not less. Because we're being bombarded, you know, daily by, by things. In fact, uh, let, me, let me just run it by you this way. To see if you think you, or not, whether or not you need a filter, you know, this filter, this, by the way, God-inspired filter. Just look at your screen time. I get that weekly screen report. It's always my goal to have it lower than last week. I don't know how you feel about it. That's my personal goal. So sometimes I you know, will say to others, hey, boys, don't be on my phone looking at scores a long time. You're hurting my screen time. <laughs> Keep that low. Keep that low. But, but I don't know how much screen time you have, but regardless, I, I would imagine you have quite a bit of screen time. All of us. I'm not just talking to the young people here tonight. I'm talking about to adults alike, right? You've seen your screen time lately? Two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. Some of you need to go to class. <laughs> I mean, your screen time alone demonstrates that we need more of a filter because all that's out there. And listen, there's no filter like the one that's in your heart. And so we focus on this and we focus on really, I'm going to say, the, the more negative side of it in, in saying this, that you need to keep wrong thoughts out and wrong examples out. That's chapter, that's verse number nine, wrong examples. Paul would be a positive example, but listen, hang on just a minute. You've got to keep the wrong thoughts out and wrong examples out because of the work that God is doing within. Keep the wrong out because of what God's doing within. Tonight, I want to flip that on its head. I want to look at the other side of that because as air comes in to a filtration system, as it comes into the filter, watch this now, hang on. The air is not intended to stay inside of that unit. Everybody with me? It's meant to go through that unit, either to go over the coils and be cooled and thus go into the rest of the house or go over the the furnace and get... Warm air into the rest of the house and so forth, but it's not intended to stay in the unit. It's supposed to be distributed throughout the house. In other words, what I'm saying to you, we've got to keep the wrong things out so that then the right things go out from us to others. And and thus, the main thing that I I really felt impressed by God about is this, is that not only do we need to focus on keeping the wrong thoughts out, though that, I mean, that was a whole sermon. And could we preach a whole other sermon on the wrong thoughts that ought to be staying out? Absolutely, we certainly could. But is it not also true that the wrong thoughts ought to be replaced by the right thoughts? And thus, we need to keep the right thoughts within for the sake of the work that God wants to do without so keep the wrong thoughts out because of the work that God wants to do within and keep the right thoughts in for the sake of the work that God wants to do without. I'm going to run that by you one more time. We got to keep the wrong thoughts out for the, work, for the sake of what God is... I'm going to run that by you one more time. <laughs> you got to keep the wrong thoughts out for the sake of the work that God is doing within. But we need to keep the right thoughts Think on these things, he said. Think on these things. Meditate on them. Calculate them. The word word is logizomai. Logizomai, it means like our word logic comes from that. Our, Our log books come from that. It's a mathematical term. And it's sometimes used in Romans 6 about reckon yourselves dead into sin. It's the same term, reckon, think, consider. So he's saying you need to have the right Thoughts within because of the work that God wants to do without. I'm going to run it by you one more time. Keep the wrong thoughts out, but for the sake of the work that God wants to do within. But we got to keep the right thoughts in for the sake of the work that God wants to do without. And this, this is where the Philippians were having some struggles and it's where we are as well. Um, God saved the Philippians. What a wonderful story in the relationship that was built between the Philippians and Paul. And, and so Paul is writing to them largely because they're concerned about how he's doing in the Roman imprisonment. And so he's writing to them to let him know how he's doing. He's also saying thank you uh, for the gift that you sent, the love that you've showed and demonstrated and, and sent it to Epaphroditus and, and all those things. But he's also writing them because of this. He's concerned about some false teaching that's circulating in their area. He's concerned about their their minds being influenced by some interlopers, by some individuals that were coming in and trying to steal their affections away from Paul to him. And he was concerned about what they were being taught. In other words, Paul's saying, hey, you got to filter your doctrine through the word of God. Okay, so he's he's emphasizing that. He's also dealing with this. There's an element of conflict within the church. Here you have um, specifically two ladies. Not, we've already covered this, I'm just reviewing right here, but everybody needs to know it. Not that church problems or problems in general are always caused by one gender. Oh no. Oh no. I'm just going on record right here to say it's not a woman problem. These were two women, but it could have easily been two men. Paul and Barnabas had some issues. Can you imagine sitting there in the church service as Paul begins to, he's written to them and and Epaphroditus is reading the letter. And he comes down to say, you know, be of one mind in the Lord. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and, you know, some of those things about unity that, that ought to be there and how that we ought to be of the same mind. And don't you know, we, everybody was kind of looking over at Eodius and Syntyche and went, ooh, I wonder what they think about this. And he went on into the letter and got deeper in the letter and finally came down to chapter 4 and verse number 2. And he said, I beseech Eodius and I beseech Syntyche. And every eye had to go, be of the same mind and Lord. And he says, these have been my fellow helpers. Hey, listen, they weren't troublemakers, but they were having some problems. There was some conflict. Wait a minute, here, here's where I'm going with this. They had been saved. They'd been baptized. They were joined together in a church. They had the right doctrine. There's some wrong doctrine floating around. And then they had a problem between some of the members and thus the peace was separated. And so there's a, that's, a, that's a strategic time for the enemy to work in that church And to begin to divide and for personality conflicts to arise. And Paul said, listen, this isn't how it's supposed to be. The peace of God needs to be in there and the God of peace needs to be in there. And I'll tell you how to get it there. You pray because only God can really work this out. But you also have personal responsibility. You need to monitor what you're thinking and keep the wrong thoughts out. So the right thoughts are in because of the work that God's wanting to do through you. Well, I believe that same thing is going on today, don't you? Here's, here's where I, I see that we are. I mean, here we are. This is a special Wednesday night. It's a college, college day's emphasis. And, and I want to say to all the guests right here, you're the upcoming leaders of the churches represented in this church, in this meeting. You're the upcoming leaders. All of our College Days guests, you've come, you're in high school. Would you raise your hand for us here tonight? Would you raise your hand? This is, our, I believe, a record number that we've had. And I know there may even be some watching by live stream. Thank you for doing that. But look at all these young, these young men and young ladies raising their hand. God bless you for being here. You're the upcoming leaders. By the way, you don't have to wait till you're out of high school to start having an impact and an influence. You're having that even now, and that's a wonderful thing. But, but listen, you're the upcoming leaders. And, 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 and so what, the reason that we're having this is the same reason that your home church has in place what it has in place. What, what are you talking about? I'm talking about um, that you and I need to be taught the Word of God. So that we have the right thinking going on. That's why you got Sunday school, church camp, youth camp, junior camp, youth programs, uh, youth conference, vacation, Bible school, youth rallies, revivals, missions, conferences, and on and on. And regular church services. Why? Because you got to take care of your stinking thinking just like all of us do, a battle. I want to say to all of you that are guests and all of you that are college-age students as well, and really everyone here tonight, there is a battle raging for your mind. For your mind. And that's why we're hosting this College Days. And by the way, while we're at it, that's why we have a Bible college in the first place. It's an extra effort to help us think right. Right. So while we have Bible doctrines classes and all theologies and Baptist history and Baptist distinctives and hermeneutics and homiletics and practice preaching and applied homiletics one and two and and while we have all the classes that we have in place and so the study of First and Second Peter and First and Second Timothy and First and Second Thessalonians and Judges and all the books of the Bible, that's why it's going on there because we need the right thinking within us. It's not mind control. But there's a lot of people's minds that are out of control. It's not brainwashing, but there's a lot of people's brains who need to be washed. It's an extra effort to think right about God. It's an extra effort to think right about his word. It's an extra, e- f- extra effort to think right about the mission that he's given us in, the, in his churches in all the earth. It's an extra effort to help this new generation to have the right filtration system in your mind. Abraham Lincoln said, a child is a person who's going to carry on what you have started. He's going to sit where you're sitting. And when you're gone, he's going to attend to those things that you think are important. You may adopt all the policies that you please, but how they're carried out depends on him. He will assume control of your cities, your states, your nations. He is going to move in and take over your churches, schools, and universities, and corporations. All your books are going to be judged, praised, or condemned by him, the fate." Of humanity is in his hands. Teach him well. There is false doctrine that is circulating uh, around your generation and, and going around, I'm trying to say, our generation. And I mean, there's a lot of confusion that is out there about race. And there's only one the human race. There's confusion about gender. And there's only two, male and female. And your biological sex is your gender. I mean, we're so confused in the country that we're confused about even Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head. I'm here to tell you, friend, Mr. Potato Head still ought to wear the mustache. And Mrs. Potato Head ought to carry the purse. And Mr. should not. He should not. It's not right. I mean, the makers of G.I. Joe ought to know better. And now they want us to call it just Potato Head. My friend, I will not. I refuse. It's either Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head. Because I I'm, I'm made up my mind about this. Even when I carry my wife's purse on rare occasions, when it's absolutely necessary, and I'm ready to go to the car, and she's not quite there yet, I've determined that I'm carrying that thing like it's a dead possum, a dead <laughs> cat, like I am the most awkward person carrying this thing, and it does not belong anywhere near anybody like me. Can I get a witness right there? But we're so confused about, about even gender and, and all that's going on around about that. Hey, listen, you need to know what you believe. You need to know what the Word of God says. You need to know who God is. You need to know who He made you to be. You need to know who He didn't make you to be. You need to know why. You need to be able to say something to your generation, and that is why, my friend, you got to Think on these things. Think on these things. And that's why we have the Word of God and we have it preserved for us. I'm thankful for that. And why we got to be straight on the Bible and straight on church doctrine and straight on Baptist distinctives. We got to think about these things the right way and straight on personal holiness and separation and straight on music because there's all kinds of wild stuff going on around us. And where's the generation that says, you know, I know what the Word of God says and I'm going to think on these things? you're going to get some pushback when you do. I've got some, uh, some gentlemen that are going to help. So men, if you go ahead, can, can you give me just a minute to get set up here? I think this is going to be the right time to illustrate this here. Just a moment. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, four of you over here, four of you over here. <clears throat> um, yep. Good. And I need, uh, I need you, brother Josh. Okay. Thank you. You've been chosen. All right. That's good. Okay. All right. um, Let's do this. Can you put these jerseys on? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (coughs) (coughs) You ever seen eight man football? (laughs) I thought eight would be too many. We're going four, four on four. Gridiron right here, throwing down. What do you think? Okay, oh, uh, your name tag goes on the back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry, that's on me. (laughs) Yeah, I should have told you that. (laughs) Okay. Paul said, uh, think on these things. You got to think on these things. Okay, so let me show you what we have here. I'm going to let you represent one of the men of Philippi. Okay. And uh, I'm not sure what order you're in. So it may be, okay, virtue and praise. <laughs> Lovely and a good report. <laughs> hey, it's a Bible term. Okay, it's a Bible term. Okay, what you got? Just and Pure. True and honest. Okay, good. Actually, that's in order. Good job, guys. Bible college students are working it. They know what they're doing. Okay, now, um, let me see. What, what are you? Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Move over here. <laughs> what are you? Evil and critical all the way at the end. Okay. What are you? Sinful and impure. That's perfect. Okay, I mean, that's not good, but uh, deceitful and ungodly. you will switch. one. Oh, I'll switch around. There we go. Okay, good. All right. Hey, we're ready. Okay, all right, Josh, come over here. <clears throat> y'all, Actually, y'all come up, come this way, and you get in behind them. <clears throat> this, is, this is a picture, and y'all just come all the way this way. <clears throat> this is where the Philippians were when Paul came. Their lives were dominated by that, I'm just going to read your name tags, <laughs> by that which was deceitful and ungodly thoughts they were having every day um you know that's not just a thing of the past in a place called philippi but every day people are believing lies things like this there's no absolute truth is that an absolute truth Heard women say, you know what that is? That's a roadrunner effect. You know, when, whenever <laughs> Wiley Coyote goes after him and he's over the precipice and, and then he realizes, oh no, <laughs> right? There's no absolute truth. I forgot how far that was down. <laughs> when you make a statement like that, there's no absolute truth, you're making an absolute type statement. That won't hold up. That's right. So is that an absolute truth? Yeah, does everybody follow that? Yes. But people are being fed that lie and being deceived and, and saying that your process of, of, of um, if evolution and there's no creator. I mean, we're just here by chance. It's like saying there was an explosion in a, in, in a, in a print factory and, and a dictionary was a result of that. This was letters coming together. There's deceit and what follows it is ungodliness. There's sinful thinking that is going on. There's impure thinking that is going on. There's ugly and destructive thinking that is going on and words that are shared. And and then people are just evil at their very being. And by the way, that's you and I too, prior to salvation, it's not like it's other people, that's where we are and critical and say, I don't like this. This is dumb, this is stupid. This is, this is, uh, I don't wanna be here. And, And people get critical about stuff, can't please anybody. Critical, criticizing everything and everybody. Well, that's the world in which he lived. That's the world in which you and I live. That's the world in which we live. But God through His Word in a marvelous way saves us out of this world. And Paul went in and, and without being like them brought him out and brought him over to this other side and y'all line up against these guys here a little bit. And now he's in a place where he's now guarded by that which is true and honest against the lies and, and against that which is ungodly. Because now he's to think what is true and what is honest, which means that which would be of noble character and righteous character. And now he's protected by that which is just and pure and against that which is unrighteous and that which is impure. And he's protected by that which is lovely, which, which, means, which means this, it's really good. It's really beautiful. It's actually only used one time, and that's right here in this this passage. And he's of a good report. He's protected by things that are of a good report. And now he's protected by things that are virtuous and things that are praiseworthy. And so now now there's some victory in his life, and so they can begin to make decisions and give some pushback. So let's give some pushback to these guys. But watch this, anytime you make progress, okay, hang on. (laughs) Anytime you make progress in your spiritual life, you better realize this. There's going to be resistance. And you're going to be tempted to think things like, like this. God doesn't really care about you. And he's going to, if you push back against what is true, there's going to be some pushback, pushback, no pushback. There's going to be, but what is true is saying, no, God does love you. And Satan's going to try to get, get to you and he's going to try to get to you and say, you don't belong in that church. That, that church doesn't love you. They don't want you there. God can't use you. You know who you are. You know your past. You know what you've done. God can't use you. But the truth is, is that God can use you. And the and the honesty of that is that God wants to use you. And, and you don't have to be impure. And, and then there's going to be all kinds of impurities that are going to try to come into your life through your phone, through social media, through Instagram and, and Snapchat. Chat and and through TikTok and and you're gonna be bombarded am I telling the truth right here? You're gonna be bombarded by all these things, and they're gonna try to get at you. But listen, that which is just, that which is pure is gonna be there, and you're gonna have to think right, you're gonna have to to take responsibility, and then lovely's gonna get in on it, and you don't want none of lovely, because lovely's gonna say, I I want you to go down the aisle pure, and, and you ought to be of a of a virgin, and you ought to be right with God, and let God have your life. And and they're gonna say, He's gonna say that, listen a chaste young lady in a beautiful, modest wedding dress. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. Don't give up what you want most for what you want in a moment. But you're going to be bombarded by these thoughts they are going to try to get in at you and, and then others are going to get critical of you and they're going to slander you and say, oh, look at them. They're just trying to get the attention of everybody else. And, and, and then that which is virtue and, and that which is, <laughs> I'm going blank on those things, that which is of praise is going to say, oh, no, they're not trying to do it that way. They're trying to give glory to God because God made a difference in their life. Is this making sense to you? And as you keep making those right decisions, they make ground. And let's just keep making ground and keep making ground. And he went to youth conference and he made ground. And he, he worked in a Bible school and he made ground. And, and he made a difference in a life. And, and through his honesty and his truthfulness and standing for what was right, he even went to Bible college. Amen. Hang on, time out. That was getting good, though. <laughs> but what happens when he gets to the place where he says, you know, I'm just kind of weary of reading my Bible every day. And I don't know that I really need church. And that music that the preacher is just preaching against all the time. In fact, I looked up top 10 songs of now. And I, I began, I began just giving the title to look up what the lyrics were because I'm not familiar with it. But my filter said, don't look. And I had to stop. But if I mentioned some of those song titles now, probably some of you in this auditorium, maybe even some of you in Bible college would know. Because you just kind of got tired of fighting the fight and it didn't start big. You just started listening to it in your car when your parents weren't there. You started listening to it even in Bible college while you're on your way to work. And you just kind of let truth, what was true, just kind of, you pushed it out of the way, Brother, Brother Josh, if you'll push him out of the way. Then you, you let what is deceitful, <laughs> <laughs> and you hurt the truth. <laughs> and you let what is deceitful come in and ungodly begin to come into your thinking. Next thing you know, you're going to a site you never would have went to before. And now you're doubting your salvation because you think, how could somebody that saved be doing what I'm doing? Well, here's what's happened. You set truth aside and so it's no wonder that you're beginning to doubt. It just makes sense. And you're not soul winning because, I mean, you feel dirty and you feel like a hypocrite because you are. And then you begin to slack off on what is just and pure and you just kind of get it out of your life as well. And some ungodly friends come into your life, kind of like what Ammon had. Ammon had a friend. And let him into his life. And, and then Samson, who had God's call on his life, began to let ungodly people come into his life. And then he kind of lost sight of what was lovely and what was of good report and just kind of pushed it aside as well. And, and then the next thing you know, then that which is ungodly and unwholesome comes in. And, and then instead of being a, of a man of virtue and a, virtu- and a person of, of, um, of oh, what you got praise, <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, he gets to a place where he thinks, you know, virtue is just for other people. It's not for me. And you push it aside. And watch what happens when you push truth aside. If you'll just go over here and you guys kind of get back to where you are. Now, I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. You can't. But these guys will not be nice to you. Go ahead. <laughs> Rough him up. He did just have surgery. He just spent a bunch of money on his collarbones. So be careful with that. Hang on. <laughs> hey, uh, here, here's a point. I hope you're getting it. You can't let your mind just go wherever you think you want to let it go. And, and for sure you can't think this. Well, I can do that and there won't be consequences for it. Because look where he is now, whereas he used to be. And even what happens is that which is true comes. If you'd come, Jesus, and and that which is true is trying to break through to Him. But watch what happens as these wrong thoughts begin to resist. Because the truth will be resisted by that which is wrong. And it's not that truth is unable or unpowerful. It's powerful. But you've positioned yourself in a place where truth can't even get through to you. And you can hear all kinds of Bible preaching and go to every conference and be in every service and your preacher is preaching his heart out. Preach your heart out. Preaching his heart out up there trying to get through to you, trying to get through to you. But they can't get through to you because of where you've put yourself. Okay, time out. Is this making sense to you? But there is a way out Is you have the godly thoughts that come to you and try to bring you out and you all just kind of bring him out. So there's got to be a change of mind and repentance and to bring it out. Does this make sense? We've got to have a filter. You can't live without a filter if you get back in line and the cross them. You can't live without it. I'm saying to you tonight, you've got to screen every thought. Every prideful thought. Every bitter thought. Some of you are saying, man, my parents are so strict. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to filter your life. Don't start cutting holes in that. Right. My parents are so strict. This college is so strict. This church is so strict. My preacher's so strict. He preaches against everything. I mean, he just being under this and being under that, being under this, and being under that. I mean, he just preaching against everything. I can't even breathe. Okay, now you're exaggerating. <laughs> you get it? you got to screen it. you got to filter it. you got to keep the wrong thoughts out because of the work that God's doing within. And you need to think on these things. Think on what is true and honest. And think on what is just and pure. And think on what is lovely and of good report. And think on what is virtuous and of praise. And think on these things and then you'll be doing the right thing. But you got to have a tight filter I'll never forget right after 9-11 I traveled from here to Dallas and Dallas to to um, Atlanta Georgia I drove down to Dallas just you know saving money and and went through their process and I had my dad's um, the knife that he gave me and this is right after 9-11 and I put it in the little bowl thing and it went through the x-ray machine and I got it on the other side put it in my pocket got on the plane I thought hmm I guess I guess it's not as tight as what I thought it was going to be in terms of security. On the way back in Atlanta, I did the same thing. Put my knife in there and and started to go through. And they said, "Uh, sir, you can't travel with this knife. I mean, it wasn't a big old blade. It was just a little pocket knife, case. They said, you can't can't travel with this. And I I began to say, well, in in Dallas, I just put it through there. They said, shame on Dallas. (laughs) Sorry, Dallas, but (laughs) shamed on them. They said, no, sir, if you're going to keep this and you're going to have to check it on as a bag. And I, I had to go through that process because I wanted to keep, you know, my knife. But what I'm saying to you tonight is this. You can't live your Christian life Dallas style where you just let any old fault that comes through. You've got to go Atlanta style. To say, I'm not letting that critical thought find a resting place in my mind. I'm not letting that lustful thought find a place in my mind. I'm not, I'm not allowing that angry thought to find a place in my mind. I'm not letting that doubt find a place in my mind. I'm, I'm not letting that resentment find a place in my mind. I'm telling you, you've got to keep all that in place if God's going to work in you and through you, and He wants to. Amen. Let's stand together here tonight. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you so much. You can Take those off. How's your thought life tonight? Think on these things. Meditate on those things. As a young person, my life began to change when I started listening to preaching, even outside of church. I just started listening to it on my own. I got the wrong music out and I got the right music in. I started thinking about those things. That's what you need to do tonight. And I realize many of you I'm preaching to, I believe some, that you've given your life to the Lord, and I'm thankful, I'm grateful for that that tonight. But oh, listen, it's very easy, regardless of your age, I'm preaching not just to the young people tonight, but there would be adults here tonight that have let some little thoughts in. Whereas you used to serve God, you're not anymore. The preacher before asked us, "Have have you fueled up? Are you spiritually filled? Are you, are you in the Word? And are you meditating on the right things and spending time with the Lord? Listen, when he says, think on these things, all those things that he listed, if, if I could say it this way, even Alexander McClare, the way actually the way he said it was this, all these things are in the person of Jesus Christ. And the closer you get to Him, the more your life will be about truth and honesty and all those other things that are listed there. It's not just a list of things to think about. It's a person. To get to know and so father tonight i thank you that you've confronted us through your word graciously lovingly to make sure we have the wrong thoughts out and the right thoughts in so that then you can do the work through us that you intend to i pray god because this generation needs a voice of truth and of honesty and of true justice and righteousness And Lord, they need to see some young people and and families that are pure and that are lovely and that are of good report and virtuous and that which brings you honor, glory, and praise. And God, I thank you that you can enable us to do so as we yield our hearts and minds to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing tonight, page 483. The Lord spoke to your heart. Don't tarry. Don't put it off. Just go ahead and come tonight. God spoke to you, and He's He's addressing you about the way that you've been thinking. Whatever whatever it is that would get you out of God's will and prohibit or inhibit His work in your life or through your life. Why don't you just surrender that to Him tonight as we sing, brother? And if you'll leave.